everybody, welcome back to the Hope is Not a Plan podcast, where we ditch the wishful thinking and dive into the practical strategies for achieving your goals. I'm your host, Kevin Pennell. Today, we're going to tackle the fundamental questions of how to set the foundation for good planning. Because let's face it, even the most brilliant plans crumble if they're built on a shaky base. So in this episode, I'll be exploring the five elements, the foundational five elements that form the bedrock of successful planning. These are leaders intent. It all starts at the top, right? A clear and inspiring vision from a leader sets direction and motivates the team, smart objectives, ditch the vague aspirations and define concrete, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound objectives. I'll go over other meanings for the smart acronym, organizational structures, who does what? And how do they work together? Are they clearly defined roles and responsibilities to make sure we're all rowing in the same direction? Resource coordination. Resources are finite, right? So it's crucial that we allocate them efficiently uh, based on the priorities and those objectives. And communication. Do we have open, transparent, consistent communication that keeps everyone informed, engaged, and aligned? And to remind everybody, all opinions that I share on this Hope Is Not A Plan podcast are my own. They don't represent those of my current or former employers. Now... Welcome to the Hope Is Not A Plan podcast, where we address tough questions head on, face our problems, and highlight our hopes by providing actionable planning steps to improve ourselves, mind, body, and spirit. Now, let's get logged in and get locked on to this episode of the Hope Is Not A Plan podcast. Welcome back, everybody. So let's get into foundation one. This is leader's intent. And leader's intent is key because it sets the direction for the whole team for everything that's going to come after this. So imagine, if you will, a ship without a captain or a team without a coach, right? without clear vision and direction from the leader, even the most skilled sailor or player will drift aimlessly. So the first step in setting a strong foundation for planning is for the leader to articulate their intent. This intent should answer the following questions at least. What are they trying to achieve or what are we trying to achieve as an organization, as a team, as a department, whatever entity that is, what what is it we're trying to do? Why is this important, right? The why. Um, If you have your why, you can figure out the how, which which is great start, right? If we know why, we can figure out how to do it down the road. But we need to know why, and this is also effective not just in, in project management or planning, but in change management. The why needs to be shared li- widely and um, be exciting, and, and the leader needs to push that out. So what are we trying to achieve? Why is it important? And what impact do we want to make, right? So leader's intent comes from the military, from commander's intent. So imagine what we're trying to achieve is we're going to take this hill. It's important because it gives us strategic overwatch, and the impact is it's going to help us win the war right? Take that out of the military. And what are we trying to achieve? We're trying to get better access for people to healthcare by making our website better. Okay. Why is it important? People can make appointments easier. And what impact do we want to make? Well, we want people to get better healthcare and have better health outcomes and improve their experience with our website, right? Those are just two examples of very basic leader's intent, but it sets the tone for us. It tells us, you know, what we're trying to do, why it's important and the impact that we want to have at the end. And that takes us to foundation two objectives or smart objectives, right? And smart is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant or realistic and time bound, right? And so vague aspirations like we want to be better or do more sound really good, but they're not actionable, right? They're, they're lofty statements, you know, to really translate that leader's intent of what they want us to do, why, what, you know, what impact we're going to have. 
We need these concrete, smart objectives, right? So specifically, what exactly do we want to achieve? And these aren't tasks or deliverables, and I'll touch on that here in a second. These are still pretty high level, right? And I'll give you a couple examples. So what exactly do we want to achieve? How are we going to measure that, that we're successful? So not just key performance indicators or KPIs, which we'll talk about in future episodes, but these objectives should be measurable as well. Are they achievable? Can we do this thing, right? Is the goal realistic or attainable or the objective? Is it relevant or realistic? Does, does it align with the overall intent that we got from the leader? And is it time bound? By when do we want this to happen? So I really got into crafting and shoring up and, and getting pretty good at writing some smart objectives when I was a public health emergency coordinator. So an example of what I used to have to plan for all plans all the time was to be ready to provide a 48 hour supply of antibiotics to over 300,000 residents of the county that I was the, the emergency planner for, right? So everything I did, preparing the staff, doing exercises, getting equipment, updating our plans, getting new gear, all was to go towards that with my leader's intent being, we wanna provide good public health, especially emergency health. And so I got really good at writing those and then I got into incident management and being a planning section chief and, and getting better at those. So we wanna provide food for over 4,000 public safety folks uh, daily, right? It's not, I, we're gonna have lunch at this time every day and we're gonna serve these things. That's when you get into the task level and the, and the deliverables, but you wanna have a, a lofty objective if you know what I'm saying. And for projects, this could be, you know, we want to deliver, here's the standard answer for projects, right? We wanna deliver on time, on budget, um, within scope, with high quality, right? And, and so those are, that's a, that's a good kind of combo objective. Those could even be broke out, broken out to their own objectives. But I think you get the gist of it, they're high level, but it clearly states we wanna do these things, we're gonna measure it like this, um, it, it's realistic or achievable, or we think it is, and we want to do it by a certain time. So making your objectives smart makes a big difference. And you've probably seen when the objectives weren't so smart or they were lofty goal statements, and that's nice and it looks neat on a sign, but it doesn't really help me plan toward anything. So we've got our leader's intent. We're making our objectives towards those. Now what we need is to get organized. And specifically, we need to start putting some organizational structure together, a team. Why is that important? Well, one, it's simple. It's boxes and squares in an org chart that shows here's who's in charge at the top. Here's the group that's going to be kind of your governance council. Here's the people that are going to do this kind of work and that kind of work. Here's who's going to tell us about policy things. And it's all in one concise area or on a whiteboard or a chalkboard. And whiteboards and chalkboards, probably not all the folks using those, but virtual whiteboard, a PowerPoint org chart, Visio org chart. PowerPoint to me is the easiest just as a quick, quick tip. They have built-in org charts, are super easy to edit. They change size on their own, et cetera. That's what I use all the time. And so, you know, we need to clearly define the roles and responsibilities to ensure that everyone understands their part, and then we can plan on kind of what they're gonna accomplish. And, and a good rule of thumb I like to use when I do org charts is I put the person's name, and then I put what their skill set is or their title, um, and I group them by function. So I want some technical people, some policy people, some legal people, some, uh, you know, whatever, in the public safety world, law enforcement group, fire group, like it pretty obvious, here's the groups. Now that doesn't mean we don't have mixed things and we'll get into the, the magic of mixing up organizations and some of those terms as well in future episodes, but just something. What's the organization that's gonna work to fulfill these objectives that's gonna meet the overall leader's intent? So another thing we need to consider when we're pulling these org structures together is the team size. 
right? How many people report to one person? That's better known as span of control. The window for that and in, in the planning circles I've been in, public safety and in the private sector is three to seven. Five is optimal, which means five people report to one person. You will see many people, if it's not a complex operation, report to one person, or if it's more complex, hopefully it's less people. And there's variation. There's probably organizations, yours maybe where you work, where there's a lot more than five people that report to one person. Um, I have that as well. So it happens. It also depends on, am I in a very dynamic environment where I can't truly help lead more than five or seven people, then you should really consider it. If you're working remotely, it's not as big of a deal, right? But consider team size. You don't want 25 people reporting to one person for a long time. It's just not not helpful. You need to consider the skill sets, right? Do you have the right people? And that's where early on in a project's process or in a, in a planning of something's process, we want to have discussions with the, the resource managers or the folks that own the skill set, the company that provides the consultation or the equipment or whatever. How are we going to make sure we have the right technical people or operations people and, and things like that? And how complex is it? I mentioned that from a reporting ratio, but also is it going to, is it going to take a specialist that costs a lot more is hard to find? Um, make it flexible and adaptable structure, right? That it can accommodate, accommodate changes and ensure everyone's working efficiently towards the common goal. Right. So this is getting either an early foundation where we've got the intent, we're getting these objectives ready, we're pulling our structure together early in a project and discovery where they're out in the field, whatever kind of planning it is, this all works together. Or say you're brought in in the middle of a project, in the middle of a response, in the middle of an event, in the middle of whatever kind of work it is you do. If you start capturing this information, what what was the intent of this? What are the objectives of this? What's the organizational structure of this? And the other two areas we'll touch on, you can get a handle on it, whether you're starting the, the work yourself, whether you're starting the pre-work yourself, whether you're dropped in the middle or near the end, and you'll have an idea of how to get the team through it. So again, org structures. Um, the fourth are there's resources. It's resource coordination. Resources are the fuel that power the plans. They can be anything from time and money to people to materials, right? But they're also finite. So it's crucial to allocate them effectively based on priorities and objectives. So I don't want to throw my expert, my one expert in, in this whole system that, you know, he's the only or she is the only one that works on this at a project for hours at a time sitting in meetings where they aren't using their skills. I want to start to optimize that. I want to think, when will I need this skill set? and for how long, and that's how we wanna shape our ask too, and I'll get to that in a second. So that means we have to prioritize these tasks. We have to identify bottlenecks ahead of time, right? And ensure that everybody has the resources that, that they need and that our team does. And so a good way to do this, I learned when I was in the emergency management world is to use an acronym called CSALT, C-S-A-L-T-T. And CSALT is capability, amount, location, time, and type. So what we want to do is say, this is the capability I need this person to have or this device or, or machine to have. This is how many of them I need. Do I need one person or a team of people or 15 widgets, right? The location, where do I want them to work or report to? You know, in this virtual world, it's it, it would be for me, for example, on this project for this long, right? And I need this percent of their time. Um, the time, right, would be, or the type rather, would be kind of the type of thing. So I can ask for a screwdriver and there's a Phillips, there's a flathead, there's starhead, there's different types of screwdrivers, right? In the healthcare world that I'm in, healthcare IT, we have nurses, right? 
and there are so many nursing specialties. So what kind of nursing specialty do I need to help guide me to make sure we're doing this project right? And we want to include that in the time for how long, right? So capability, amount, location, type, and time when you ask for resources is very helpful, not just for you to help shape what you're going to need and what you or what you think or you know you need, but the folks that can get you those resources, it provides them a really helpful picture of what you need so they can best fulfill that request. So sea salt, very helpful. And number five of these foundational five planning elements, we've gotten the intent where we've built those as smart objectives, right? We've got our org structure, whether it's established one or a new one, we're penciled in, you know, virtually or really on a, on a whiteboard. We're coordinating resources. We're getting lined up. We're asking for them. We're going to work together. And then communication, right? Communication is typically the on the, hey, we need to do this better list. And also on the, hey, we did this well list on after action reports. So um, good communication. No plan can succeed without effective communication. It needs to be open, transparent, consistent, right? That keeps everyone informed and engaged and aligned. And that means we're going to share the plan, communicating it these days. That's like email messages, you know, those kind of things. And so how are we sharing this plan that we're pulling together? How do we make sure it's in front of people? Typically it's meetings, it's calls, right? On some pick your product that we do, you know, video conferencing on these days, we're going to regularly update the stakeholders. If you're in public safety and you're responding to a disaster or planning an event, that's typically a public official or an agency head in the private sector. It's, you know, the C-suite or the leader on your project or whomever that is, but they need to get updates and they get different levels of updates, right? So part of shoring up our communication, and we'll talk about this in future episodes of how to communicate at the right levels, because you don't want to give technical details to the CEO and you don't want to give just a high level summary to the technical person that needs to solve the problem. Does that make sense? So we also need to address concerns and feedback promptly, right? We need to have an open feedback loop. I'm going to communicate to you and I'm going to listen to you and we're going to talk back and forth. Part of this isn't just making a plan and a document. It's how do we interact with each other also? And are we listening? Are we setting a good environment? We need to celebrate successes. This is something I learned more recently I need to help myself do and do for, for my folks is celebrate their successes, right? And and celebrate um, when we're done and put that in your plan. And part of that is communicating it. Hey, we're going to meet up at this time afterwards. Breaking bread with folks during a project near the end of it, throughout it, makes a difference. It bonds you. It makes the work go better, frankly, smoother. And there's less conflict because we've seen each other outside of work. And, you know, not everybody wants to do that, but it is very helpful to do with your teams. So foster that open communication, build that trust, collaborate and share commitment, right? Through, through discussions, through regular communication, through being objective with yourselves, with, with those on your team. Remember setting the foundation for good planning is an ongoing process. You can't do it once and then never come back to your objectives to see, are they still relevant or not check in with the leader and make sure you're still on par or look back to the org structure and go, do we still need all these folks? Or, or look at the resources and say, hey, do we need more of this or less? And and then reevaluating each other in communication. Are we talking enough? Are we meeting too much? Can we consolidate meetings? Can we get rid of some of these? Right, it requires continuous evaluation, adaptation, refinement. But by focusing on these foundational five key elements of leader's intent, smart objectives, organizational structures, resource coordination, and communication, you can create a solid foundation for success and turn your hopes into achievable plans. So what are you waiting for? Start building your foundation today. 
If you have any questions or tips about setting the foundation for good planning, follow me on Instagram or Twitter at hopes, not a plan, H-O-P-E-S-N-O-T, a plan, or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Kevin Pinnell. I am glad to host this show and share lessons that I've been taught, that I've learned, that I hope help you in balancing your life like we talked about last week. Those make all the difference in the world and using these foundational five elements that will help you whether you're just starting a plan, a project, an event, a response, or you're thrown into the middle of it, it'll quickly help you get a handle on what to do and how to lead your teams. Thank you again for being part of the Hope Is Not A Plan listener audience for putting the work in to turn your hopes into actionable steps and plans. Stay safe out there, everybody. Wash those hands and Godspeed.